What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Degrees Hotter. Welcome back, everybody. We're excited that you're here and excited that you're going to listen to another episode. Yes. So in today's episode, we are talking about friendships, specifically how to make friends and how to be a good friend um, in college and in post-grad. I feel like you always hear, you know, you meet your best friends in college and stuff like that. And I think you and I would both agree that we met some really great friends in college. So we thought it was a good idea to talk about kind of how we how we fell into our friend groups and what we look for in friends and how to identify a toxic friend and all of that fun stuff. And if you're in college and you haven't met any great friends yet, I want this episode to also mm-hmm. be a sign that there's still hope for you. It's never oh, too yeah. late. I feel like, you know, it can be difficult if you feel like everyone around you has their group and you don't. Um, so just want to have like an open conversation about what a real friend should be like and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and Kylie and I are friends, so oh, yeah. this is a suitable topic. Exactly. <laughs> I thought we were business partners. My bad. <laughs> so let's hop into our segments. I feel like let's hop into our segments needs to be like a key phrase of mine because I feel like I always say it. you always end up saying it and I don't even know yeah. how it happens I just never do it and now I just wait for you to do it honestly. yeah I feel like now it's like the transition like we're just waiting on me yeah um I should like embroider this on something I feel like that would be fun <laughs> that would be fun we should make a graphic for the insta <laughs> you embroider um that on your t-shirt and then embroider one for me that just says yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, so God. for my week in review, I wanted to give two, not major work updates, but I guess just general work updates. Cause I feel like I haven't talked about my job in a little while, but it is what I do every single day, nine to five. So <laughs> figured I'd touch on it here. So the first thing is that, um, I am planning a pretty big virtual event at work and I'm not doing it by myself, but I feel like I am kind of like the team lead on a lot of it, especially the virtual platform, which has been a really big learning curve for me. So we hold this event annually. Obviously, it was in person last year. There were like almost 300 attendees. So just kind of figuring out how to like translate that online and have like a speaking portion and have like networking opportunities and like expos. Like it's been a lot of my time at work has just been dedicated to like figuring this out. And it's not until the end of October. Um, So we have a lot of time, but it's amazing how much goes into planning an event. I feel like when you attend one, it just seems like, oh, this is nice. You know, they did a good job. Like, No, literally every single little logo, every single thing is like accounted for on the back end. And I'm really going through that right now. Um, There's also like a startup pitch aspect of it. So like working on the applications for that and judging those and everything. So it's fun. It's just uh, just been a lot uh, to like handle along with my regular day to day stuff with work. So that's one thing. If you have any like virtual event tips, let me know Uh, because I'm not an event planner, (laughs) but trying to make it work. The second thing is that I have been a manager for a couple weeks now, maybe a month. Um, So that's been really fun is having my intern slash co-op reporting to me. Um, I feel like we're building really good rapport. I actually told her about the podcast. Maybe she's listening. I don't know. Um, But it's been also fun adjusting to like learning how to manage my own work, but also help her and like be kind of like on call whenever she needs my help to like hop on a quick zoom call or something like that I feel like onboarding entirely virtually to a new job is tough for anybody I did it earlier this year so I feel like I have decent perspective on what worked for me and what didn't Uh, but I want to like really give that guidance to her as an intern so yeah lots of lots of stuff in the works that my job, it's been like every day has been so busy, which, you know, makes it go by fast. But I like it, I get to 4.30 p.m. and I'm like, oh, God, what have I done today? Because it's just <laughs> all planning. Um, so I feel like I'll have a really good long rest on October 23rd when this event <laughs> is over. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been it's been my update. What about you? So I, lo and behold, the time has come. I am a law student. So exciting. At this point, I will have already talked about it in um 
episodes and I already warned you guys that it's all I'm going to be talking about for like the rest of my life. So that's fine. Uh, But yeah, I'm doing the damn thing. I had my first day of classes and for those of you that don't know, in law school, a lot of professors use what they call cold calling. It's essentially when, you know, they'll give a little spiel about whatever we're covering and then you read cases for law school and they might say, you know, Kylie, can you give me the facts of the case? They'll just call on me. I have no choice. I can't be like, um, no, sorry, I didn't do the reading because that's like actually the most embarrassing thing you could ever do in law school. So you have to answer, even if you don't know the answer or even if you think you know the answer and you're wrong, which brings me to my story. So I'm in class. It's the first day of class ever. And I don't know what I'm doing. No one knows what they're doing. I still don't know what I'm doing in week two. So that's good. But I'm just sitting there, you know, minding my business and I get called on. And it's for what they call the issue of the case. So that's what is the case trying to solve? Why is the case before the court? What's the issue? So I give my issue and the professor goes, no. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh no, that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and so then he continues to call on me for the whole case and I'm flustered and it's just honestly terrible. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And I feel like such an idiot because I'm like, here I am in front of this. It was a Zoom class, but there were 60 people in the Zoom class, which I come from Assumption. Like I've talked about how small our classes are before. So this was double any sort of class that I've ever been in in Assumption. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like my professor thinks I'm an idiot. My classmates think I'm an idiot. Like, cool. Great. Great start to the day. And I was honestly very discouraged from like Tuesday into Wednesday. I didn't have this class again until Thursday. And was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Like, I, how did I literally get it wrong? Like, the, if you're cold called on the first day, like, you, that should be a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? And I just royally flopped. So then I show up on Thursday and I'm on call again. I'm like, oh my God, you're killing me, sir. You're killing me. But this time I got the answers right. He asked me to resummarize the case. And I got it right, which I was like, okay, this shows that, like, I actually listened to his corrections and Mm -hmm. applied them and understood them. So I'm like, Redemption City, here we are. (laughs) And then I go to a review session for this class because obviously I'm like, do I have any idea what's going on? No. Um, And literally everyone was just as confused. And the TA running the review session talked about the specific case that I was on call for and she goes I can't believe he assigns this as the first case like it really is one of the most complicated ones and I just didn't understand it at all when I first read it and I was like oh okay so I'm not an idiot actually I was just the unlucky one that was put on call for this so yeah that was um a lot of emotions (laughs) that I felt and I said she texted me about it and I was like well at least he'll remember you now like of 60 (laughs) people at least he'll remember you yeah, you know? I, I still haven't decided if that's for better or for worse, but. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like um, it's mean, but not uncommon for like any class to scare you the first week, both in content and in like aggression. There's like so. a whole philosophy that, so law school is three years and the philosophy is that the first year they scare you to death, the second year they work you to death, the third year they bore you to death. Um, consider myself scared. Yeah, <laughs> success. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I do have this professor. He isn't even like I. I wouldn't say I don't like him. He's definitely my most strict professor and the one that scares me the most. So that's something. But then my other ones, like I talk about my civ pro, my civil procedure professor, an angel, like a literal angel walking this earth. I love him, and I get so it's like my safe place <laughs> to show up in that Zoom. So. Well, I'm sure you'll listen back on this segment in a while and say, wow, remember that? I'm so legally skilled now. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump into our faves, our favorites. So my favorite is, I feel like I don't normally, neither of us, I feel like normally do like cosmetics or mm-hmm. like we do sometimes do skincare. I guess this is kind of skincare, but yeah. um, I feel like we kind of make an effort not to do a ton of material things uh, because we actually get feedback from you guys that you guys like when we do shows and music and things like that. 
especially our international listeners that can't always access a lot of the products and the clothes and stuff that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sorry that this is um, a physical object, but I just couldn't help myself. My favorite for this week is these tanning drops. So it's by the brand Tanologist. I know there's like so many variations of brands that are the same, but I like this one. I got it at Target. It's organic. It's vegan. I feel like it's pretty clean for the type of product that it is. So it looks like a science experiment. Like it comes in this little glass thing with like an eyedropper, you know, the, you know, the kind, mm-hmm. um, and you mix it with your moisturizer um, and you can use it on your face or your body, which I like. Um, so as we kind of head, you know, into the fall season, and we're not getting as much vitamin D as we used to. I think this is a nice way to like maintain the glow and it's pretty affordable compared to comparable products that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend checking it out. And I like that you can use it with your current moisturizer because I've tried like, I guess like tanning moisturizers, both for your face and your body. And I just like that this one, you can still use your some your same products. I feel like that's mm-hmm. important to me, like the consistency of that, but yeah. you just drop in a couple, couple drops and it lasts like literally forever. I almost yeah. am like worried that my product is expired because I've had it for like a year and I'm still not through. So I'm like wondering um, if I need to technically get a new one, you know? Yeah. But she's still going strong. So mm-hmm. I'd recommend. Yeah, I have a similar one, but it's the Ulta Beauty brand. And I think it's like six bucks or something. Or it's less yeah. than $10, but. Not yeah. that you have to be tan to be pretty or anything like that. Um, yeah. I'm just super, super pale. And I just feel a little more confident when I have some like life to my face. Like Kylie knows I'm like actually a negative shade of white if I don't <laughs> do anything. So. Um, just fun to maintain that summer glow a little bit longer. Sure, sure. Whatever makes you feel confident, that's what you should do. Mine is also materialistic, which I completely agree. I feel like we normally, and we don't even mean to not pick materialistic things. We're just like not super materialistic people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more materialistic than Anya is, but, (laughs) um, but my favorite, you can also get at Target and I'm wearing it right now. So, you know, I like it. Um, I got a tie-dye lounge set. I feel like in one of our first episodes, I talked about loungewear because like who's wearing jeans these days? It's definitely not me. Um, and you had asked me if I had gotten a tie-dye one because they're they're hip and they're trendy. And I said no. And now I can say yes. So, yep. I'm, yeah, yep, I'm trendy cute. with all the kids. And yeah, I like it a lot. I don't love Anya Can See. It has like neon pink. It's like a, a light pink tie-dye like different shades of light pink yeah um, pastelly. yeah but then there's neon uh like hoodie strings and I wanted to just rip them out because I was like yeah that's the only thing I don't really like about it but they're sewn in which I'm like is oh. low-key genius so then it doesn't fall out in the wash because there's nothing worse than when the string from your hoodie falls out and like you just can't get it back in so I'm like I yeah. appreciate the thought behind this but this is the one time that I wanted to pull it out <laughs> so what can you do? Maybe this is crazy, but could you bleach the strings only? You know, maybe. <laughs> like if it bothers you that much? It really, I've gotten used to it now. Like it is what it is. But if I'm ever feeling particularly bored and DIY, Eve, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. Why not? Um, but yeah, and the set, I think to- top and bottom was... 40 which is still in my opinion a little expensive because i'm a little cheap um but like i've been seeing them for literally 75 to 100 dollars. yeah that's just not happening (laughs) yeah from urban they're like astronomical um target sponsor us um literally sponsor (laughs) us target we're waiting (laughs) okay let's shift to the main episode topic of friendship Ooh, i'm excited so I guess we just wanted to start by talking about, I don't know, like our general philosophy on friendship, just like our immediate takes when we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about in this episode. And for me, I just kind of wanted to highlight that I've really never been one to have a huge group of friends. And I think that's okay. And I think that is a better fit for some people. I feel like growing up, I was always self-conscious that I didn't have a ton of friends or like a token big friend group. You know, I feel like that's such a thing in high school that there are like big groups of friends and guys and girls that like always hang out together and are just like associated. And I never really felt like I fell into a group like that. Um, And that made me, I don't know, that, that, that put me down because I felt like it was a sign of like inclusion. And um, I just 
was always, you know, kind of ashamed that I didn't feel like I had a ton of friends. Um, and I was jealous of people with a ton of girlfriends and, you know, those groups of girls that would have like 10 people and everyone got along and would like go on vacation together. Like I just never really had anything like that. Um, I guess sort of apart from dance, um, we were kind of like that, but, um, I feel like I joined Greek life in college thinking I would find that. Like I was like, oh, this is the time. Like this is my thing. But I think I've just kind of accepted that like it's not meant for me. Like I think I have been like subconsciously doing the work to not make that happen because uh, I think I'm just the type to like have a few really close ride or die type friends, even if they're like sort of disconnected. Like I know one from this walk of life and another one from this walk of life. Um, then like a big circle of less close friends, but I know that's like so different person to person. Like, for example, my, my boyfriend Grant, he's a Sagittarius. So (laughs) like he, he will call an acquaintance, his friend, like so quickly. And he just like loves having tons and tons of friends and loves being in huge groups, which obviously is not, (laughs) he's not thriving right now as a result. Um, but I see that working out for him all the time. And I feel like, you know, different kinds and like levels of relationships work for different types of people and it's really just what you want of it and how you tick in that way and I feel like I just tick with really really close friendships um Mm -hmm. and not that many and not like huge groups like I always aspired to have yeah no I think that I'm I'm pretty much the same way I've always I think in high school I just kind of I think I thought I was like a part of friend groups in high school, but in hindsight, I did just have close friends. And at times, like they tended to be from different friend groups. So like if I was going to go hang out with like my friend Haley, because Haley danced with us and I went to high school with her, you know, she was a part of a friend group at high school. Like, okay, all of us would hang out. Cool. And like, I met them through that. But Haley was like the close friendship that I had, if that Mm -hmm. made sense. And so I was never really a part of a group. I just had friends and at times like I would hang out with their group <laughs> whenever, you know, the moment arose. And once I got to college, that's when that was the first time that I kind of was in like a a larger friend group of kind of me and my girlfriends and then a group of my guy friends. And, you know, we would get together. We had like beach days at the beginning of the school year and would get together on like the 4th of July and things like that. I literally went and I saw the premiere of one of the Avengers movies, like literally with all of the guys and me just like strutting into the movie theater. Um, But even with that, like even kind of having that larger friend group, I was definitely closer to some more than others in no way like to diss the people that I wasn't close with because obviously I was still friends with them. But I think it's just almost natural to be drawn to specific people. You know what I mean? Like you're just always going to have some people that you're closer with, even if you're the type that has a bunch of friends. Like there's going to be one person that like you tell your deepest, darkest secrets to. Because like I have people in that larger friend group that I would tell everything to and people that I wouldn't necessarily tell everything to just because I don't think it's that type of friendship, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's all about just finding if you're happy in your friendships, it doesn't matter what they look like. As long as everyone's happy, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I guess, like, I just always was self-conscious about the fact that I would kind of feel like an intruder to friend groups, if that makes sense. Like, in high school, I just always felt like when I would show up at a gathering with friend groups there, I would always just feel like I was the outsider kind of, like, pretending to be a part of this group Mm -hmm. and, like, just endlessly trying to force myself into these groups. When, like, in the end, I feel like I've just decided for myself that, like, it's not worth like putting in the effort to insert yourself into situations that clearly weren't made for you yeah um and if like the situation that was made for you is like one really close friend that you've had since you were 12 and would tell everything to and she's like your only friend in the area aka kylie i was gonna say um, you mean me (laughs) then that's fine right so um yeah just those were like my initial thoughts but i guess now we can kind of talk about how we went about making friends in college Yeah. So I feel like I had sort of a unique experience given my very first semester. I've talked about it before. I went abroad. I hate myself. I went to Canada. (laughs) I did a program called the NUN program through Northeastern. So it was a smaller pool of people. There was only like 100 people um, at the site with me to get to know rather than like thousands. 
Um, so we were at McGill University, which has thousands of students, but like the only Northeastern students were like the group of 100 of us or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think this definitely gave me an advantage in meeting my first, you know, five friends um, who in various combinations were my roommates all through college up until this last month, actually. Um, so I feel like, you know, it was good to have a smaller pool of people because I hear from a lot of people that like the first week of freshman year is super intimidating. Um, and people are really friendly. And I was always kind of sad that I missed that part of it. Like people just randomly going up to each other in the dining hall and that being okay. Like that, that short period of time where that's not weird. Like we kind of Mm -hmm. missed that being abroad, but I think it gave me an opportunity to like select from a smaller pool that was a little less overwhelming, especially at such a big school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people like interact online before freshman year and we did have like a group me for this program, but I don't really have any super clear memories of like hitting people up on that before the program started. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one person from my graduating class in high school that was also going to Northeastern, but they were not doing this program and we didn't really run in the same circles and like probably met up like less than five times all through college. Um, I had Grant, my boyfriend who mm-hmm. was a year older, so that helped meet um especially guy friends because I just like all my life I've never really had guy friends I feel like that just stems from like dancing like only ever interacting with girls basically yeah um so like all the quote-unquote like guy friends I have from school are from his group of friends because dance and sorority life don't really introduce you to too many men apart from frat guys (laughs) which like are questionable friends just kidding most yeah most guys in fraternities are great but like external to their fraternity if that makes sense they're not being their best selves in the frat basement (laughs) but also grant was in a good frat like i feel like there was it wasn't like a traditional like chat and brat corner. you know what i mean like yeah the few times that i interacted with people from grant's frat i wasn't like oh my god this is so fraternity right now i need to leave yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i agree um so yeah i feel like most of my college friends just kind of like fell into my lap in that way. But when I came back to Northeastern, I honestly felt pretty lonely second semester freshman year, which is one of the main flaws of this program that I did because it's a really cool opportunity to study abroad. But then they really just throw you to the wolves when you get back to Northeastern (laughs) and they're like, join clubs, it'll be fine. And you're like, I literally don't know this campus at all. And it's the dead of winter. I want to (laughs) die. So uh, I think through joining dance and joining Greek life, um, that introduced me to a few of my other really good college friends in the end. And I know you also feel that way. Like getting involved was really what drew you to most of your college friends. Yeah. So when I was trying to think about how I met most of my college friends, it was honestly so hard because it really does feel like they- so long ago. Yeah. Like it just feels like they were there. Like I'm like, what do you mean by the time <laughs> that they weren't that like I wasn't friends with these people? Um, so if I had to chalk it you know, up to anything, I would say it's a combination of actual luck and chance um, and putting myself out there through like clubs and things like that. Um, so I was really lucky. One of my good friends from high school also went to Assumption. So we kind of started from there with, okay, I'm going to room with someone, you're going to room with someone. And then we can kind of like do the whole, let's meet up with each other and like start from there. Um, so I met my freshman year roommate through Facebook. We had like a class Facebook group and I kid you not, I tell her this all the time. I just scrolled through people who were posting about wanting a roommate and I was like, she seems like pretty normal. Like, okay, we'll go for this. We have our Facebook messages. Like there's no reason that we should have worked as roommates based on those Facebook messages because like we couldn't have been more polar opposite at the time. And honestly, we still are pretty like polar opposite yeah. in some regards, but it just worked. We just moved in and I, it like, I don't remember there being an awkward time where we were like, oh, like, so what do you do for fun? Like, we just kind of moved in and we were like, okay, like we literally don't know anyone. And so you have to go with me everywhere that we ever plan to go ever. And you have to eat with me at the dining hall so that we don't get a, like, and it was just mutual. So... Yeah, and I recognize that I am, like, so lucky in that regard because I know people have, like, roommate horror stories, especially when they don't know the person that they're going to live with. Um, So, shout out to Lily. Thank you for not being a roommate horror story and being my best friend instead because <laughs> thank God we didn't have to go through that. Um, But, yeah, so her and I 
met with my friend from high school. And that's how I ended up meeting one of my other good friends who happened to be rooming with my friend from high school. And we met and we actually didn't like, well, she, I think, liked me. Lily and I didn't like her for reasons that I won't get into because they were just stupid. But like we thought that we weren't supposed to like her essentially. And then we were like, actually, that's stupid. And we do like her and she's our friend. And she knows this. So this isn't a surprise <laughs> to her. And we love her. Um, So that, you know, a point that we'll make later, I'm sure, is keep an open mind and don't, you know, rely on other people's judgments before you make your own. Okay. So from there... I would say I have three other really close friends from school that I met through, like, typical school culture slash, like, scenarios. So, my roommate, sophomore through senior year, I met at orientation the spring before we started. We just happened to both be in the same group, and we started chatting, and we found out that we were both on dance team together. And she thought I was lying because she was on a different part of dance team that had already like begun rehearsals and things like that. Like, she was a step up from me, so she was like, um. I've been to rehearsals and you're not there. So what do you mean you're on dance team? So that's funny. But we obviously spent a lot of time together with that and grew really close with that. And then uh, I became good friends with my another one of my close three close friends through um, living on the same floor. So like that awkward, like when you just like leave your door open and you like go up and you're like, hey. I like your tapestry. Like, I'm Kylie. (laughs) Just, like, stuff like that. Um, So we met through that. And then uh, my last friend, my friend Meg, I met through a program that I joined sophomore year. Um, We were both in the program. And because of that, we got to go to Rome together. And we always joke that, like, we spent the whole year because you go to Rome at the end of the year in this program. So, like, as you're about to be a junior, We spent the whole year just like awkward acquaintances. And then for whatever reason, we went to Rome and I was like, here's everything that's ever happened to me in my life ever. And like my deepest, darkest secrets. And she was like, okay, here's mine. (laughs) So we just got really close there. Um, And then I met my group of guy friends because they lived the floor above us in our dorm room and they were, you know, reckless. And so we had to see what the commotion was all about. And that's how we all became friends. So yeah, so I think it's so important, like as awkward as it is to like, maybe go up to the open dorm, you know, door and say, hey, like, I like your tapestry or, oh, are you watching? I don't know. Mad Men. I love that show or whatever it may be. (laughs) Like just like finding those little things. Cause like you said, in those first couple weeks, like you can kind of do like taboo like social things to make friends without it being weird because we're all just doing that and if I hadn't done those things as well as like gotten involved I wouldn't have known my friends so it's like in the end I'm like okay 30 seconds of embarrassment is worth like this four plus year friendship yeah it's like it's funny when people talk about that because I just people that were in the same program with me would relate but we just like we had that on a smaller scale I guess Mm -hmm. because we're all in this like smaller program but just like the thought of sitting with random people at the dining hall like I don't know we just never we kind of skipped that part of freshman year um so I just you know can't relate which is too bad because it sounds like it was a fun time oh it was in the moment it wasn't because you just feel so like (laughs) naked and afraid um but in hindsight I'm like yeah okay like it was just very traditional like what you would expect so yeah so I feel like the fact that we were both we both ended up living with friends is a good mm-hmm. segue into this yeah. next section in which we wanted to talk about being friends with your roommates and roommates with your friends and kind of how that dynamic can work. Um, so I feel like at Northeastern, it was super, super common to live with random people, mm-hmm. both freshman year when that's like a normal thing to happen. And also later on, even in college in like summer sublet situations, like it's I feel like at some schools, like you would never really end up living with a rando beyond freshman year. But at Northeastern, this was like super common. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it just wasn't really something people were too concerned about, like their living situation, because this is so normal. Sure. Uh, but I pretty much always lived with my friends or people that I tangentially, tangentially, tan- tangentially, tangentially, I don't know. <laughs> people that I sort of knew. Uh, like through my sorority, like friends of friends, like I knew they were normal types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to never have like a super huge blow up from what I can remember. 
Uh, but there were always like ongoing little things, especially when I lived in a five bedroom apartment, uh, because, you know, five people with one kitchen is a lot of things going on. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest disagreements that I can remember that we had were honestly just like finding our apartment. So we were on campus for a while. I, I think just in general, like when you're either in that housing lottery, like if you're going to keep living on campus or if you're looking for off-campus housing, like that is just really stressful. So I think, you know, different people's preferences, budgets, like all kind of come to a head and it can be hard to handle among friendships. But I think just like compromising is super important. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So like I said, my freshman year roommate and I were just like golden. I think same thing, any sort of um, like tiffs we got into were super small and nine out of 10 times a quick conversation or saying, hey, I'd prefer like this, like, oh, like, can you be a little quieter when you get your cereal in the morning? Like I'm still sleeping. Yeah, sure. Okay done end of it so communication is so important because I've heard of so many stories and I've honest I have been through it myself which I'll get into of just letting little things snowball you know what I mean because when you're with someone so often like the little things will start to just like build and build and build and now all of a sudden you're so annoyed with the person and all they're doing is being loud in the morning and that could have been Mm -hmm. solved in a 30 second conversation um so then with my roommate that I had for the remainder of college. Um, Looking back, it's actually funny because I think we got into one major argument every year that we lived together. So we had three (laughs) arguments that I can think of off the top of my head. And I don't even want to call them arguments because at the end of the day, we weren't even mad at each other. Like it wasn't anything that each other did at all. We were both just going through our own shit and accidentally or you know, put took it out on each other or interpreted it at each other as being mad when they were just like upset about something else and then not saying something about it. And then it's snowballing and becoming like a big thing. And the second that we talked about what was bothering us, we realized, oh, hey, <laughs> you're, you haven't been mad at me this whole time. Like you're just really stressed out about school or something's going on at home or whatever the situation may be. And we just weren't telling each other, like, just so you know, this is what's going on in my life. I don't mean to be you know, standoffish or anything. And if we had just done that, it would have been fine. So again, communicate. I can't say it enough. Yeah, I agree. I feel like most disagreements would come to light in context of other stressors or the night someone got no sleep or they had an interview the next morning or something like that. Um, So things that might not always seem like a big deal turn into a bigger deal when you're dealing with 50 other things. Exactly. even if you're not living with your friends, it's something to consider. And I know people oh, yeah. always say, like, people warn you, like, oh, don't live with your best friend. But it's like, if you're both um, communicative and willing to compromise and, like, know that, I don't know. I, I feel like it is possible. And I feel like all the warnings yeah. are kind of scary. Uh, but there are things that you're going to have to work through with them. But yeah, I do think it is valid, though. And I've experienced myself that not every friend will make a good roommate. Like, that is normal. It's kind of like, again, it's, I think it's luck. A little bit of, like, communication and things like that. But a lot of it's just luck. Um, where, you know, I was really lucky. Most of the friends that I lived with, I lived with for extended periods of time in college. Like, over the years. And it worked out perfectly. Like, my closest friends that I have from college, I lived with at one point or another. Um, and we're obviously still friends, so it's fine. But I do think that for a few instances, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. It could be as small as you just wanted them to vacuum more often and they weren't. And for whatever reason, that made you mad. But you need to be honest with yourself because it's not worth ruining a friendship for the sake of living mm-hmm. with someone or something as small as that, if that makes sense. Um, so... I know it can be tricky, like, once you are living with a friend, I think the heart, and you are realizing that, like, that's maybe not the best thing for your friendship. I think the trickiest thing is, well, how do I continue on, especially if you are a freshman, sophomore, or junior, and you don't have graduation that allows you to terminate the living situation. Um, (laughs) And for me, like, it was just always to be honest, and it's tough at first, and, you know, especially if the other person isn't necessarily expecting it, like, you will catch them off guard 
they might get upset. And on the flip side, if someone does it to you, it's okay to be off guard, caught off guard, and it's okay to be upset. But again, for those few moments of it being really difficult, it was so worth it in the end because it helped my friendship with those people so much. So, so much. Um, So yeah, just a I am going to sound like a broken record, but just be honest and communicate. It's it's so, so important, especially in college, especially when you're living with the person or always around the person. Yeah, I feel like my biggest tips when it comes to living with a friend is actually knowing that you don't have to spend all your time yeah. together, even though you live together. Um, I feel like, you know, you can feel obligated to if everyone's hanging out in the living room but you are just really not in the mood you can kind of feel obligated to go hang out and do those things but I think establishing that space and when you like alone time Mm -hmm. just Scorpio things um is really important and like something that can be tough as a boundary to set when you're living with a friend because you're like oh why don't you want to hang out with me like we're friends we should have a wine night we should do this but like it really is at least for me like I think of home as like such a comfortable space for me to like decompress and if Mm -hmm. they're not letting you do that um that's important to consider you know both in your friendship and in your roommate situation um I also think on a more like tactical basis establishing early on what the apartment upkeep plan is going to look like is really important just so it doesn't turn into an ongoing like point of contention. I feel like if it's not, if it's a discussion that you don't have like within the first month or so, it can be really hard to bring up because people have already kind of assumed, you know, de facto. Yeah. Who's going to do what, what roles they do. And, you know, maybe you just like actually hate unloading the dishwasher. Maybe your friend doesn't mind it so much. So just like having those conversations is important and like, Mm how often, who's going to do it. Is it a rotating thing? Like upkeep is going to need to happen no matter what. And I feel like a lot of the tiffs that I would get into with roommates was kind of when people felt like others weren't pulling their weight. hundred percent. So I think just like being frank and being like, listen, let's establish this now so that we don't have to think about it when we're stressed out in finals week or whatever. Um, And just like having those less fun conversations. Like it's fun to think about the decor and all these things and all the fun nights you're going to have and the parties you're going to throw. But like you also have to think about who's going to scrub the bathroom and like vacuum the floor. So yeah, just, you know, <laughs> those are my my main tips when it comes to living with friends. Yeah, I agree 100% with all of that. It just, like I said, think it's like a input output. If you input some of the not so fun stuff, usually the output ends up being really good. And like, does that make sense? <laughs> is that, is that yeah. how that works? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, you <laughs> I think I'm catching yeah. your analogy. <laughs> Basically, what metaphor. I mean to say is that, like, I think there's, like, almost this weird unspoken, like, feeling that, like, you don't need to put as much effort into, like, friendships as you do with, like, romantic or, like, family relationships. And, like, I just don't think that's true, even if it's as small as establishing, like, with roommates that or just like communicating like I don't know like I just think of my friends as like another relationship that I always want to make sure that I'm putting in what I want to receive and that could be Mm -hmm. as simple as I'm going to help with upkeep in the apartment if I'm living with my friends they should do the same back does that make sense yeah for sure um and I think that's a good segue into a less fun topic which is (laughs) you know toxic friendship and how to know how to know when to cut it off, how to know, how to recognize, you know, the signs that it might not be for you. Um, And I feel like everyone maybe has a little bit of a different definition of toxic. Obviously, if someone is like being abusive to you in any sense, that's like a whole new level. But I think toxic can mean different things to different people. So to me, I think of a toxic friend as someone that's like manipulative or something that feels very one-sided yeah um so if you feel like you're constantly putting in all this effort uh and they're just kind of like brushing off your problems when you go to them or changing the conversation to be about themselves so like if you say like oh I've had a really hard week and they're like oh god you would not believe my week like they're not listening to you they're just using you as like a sounding board for all their issues and they're not pulling their weight I guess for lack of a better phrase yeah um that's like my main definition of a, a toxic friend. If they're like using you to access your friends or like your resources or anything like that. Um, I feel like it's important to notice if they're only reaching out to you when they need something. 
Um, and I think we are all guilty of this at like different points in life, like when you just get really busy and it can come off that way. So, you know, that's not always a super huge red flag. But what I do think is a super big red flag is if they're constantly gossiping about their other friends to you. Um, yeah, like I think it can be really fun to spill the tea sometimes, especially if you don't know their friend that well. Like you're just like, oh, give me the tea. Like this yeah. is fun. But like, honey, like they're probably doing that to you, to their other friends. Even if you think they're not, even if you're like, oh no, they're my best friend. They wouldn't do that to me. I don't know if they're that type of person. Like if they just don't have that like loyalty when it comes to friendships, like, I don't know. I feel like it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I really try to look out for is people that highly, highly gossip about their other friends to me. I just feel like that's the biggest red flag. The last thing is just like, if you don't like who you are when you're with them, or if you feel like you constantly have to compete with them, I think some level of competition to like better yourself is good. And like looking at your friends and being like, oh, it's so great that she achieved this. Like I'm going to use that as inspiration to also achieve that is good. But I think if you are, you know, getting ready to go out and you just feel like you have to compete with them for how you look, or if you feel like you are a lazy person when you're hanging out with them and you don't like that about yourself. I just think like thinking about who you are when you spend time with them and if that's the person you want to be. And if that's not the case, um, I don't want to say drop them because I don't really think that's a mature way to look at things, but like you can distance yourself. You can be mature about it. Um, But I just think those are the main things that I would think of. Uh, when it comes to knowing if you have like a toxic friendship or if it's just time to end a friendship. Going off of your last point, like I 100% agree. Like I said, I am very much of the mindset that like you should be as emotionally involved in a friendship as you would be in any other relationship, romantic, anything like that. And like my number one criteria is I just want to feel good with my friends. Like obviously human beings fight and get into disagreements and it's not always peach keen that's normal but like 95% of the time I want to feel good around my friends and I want to feel like I'm able to talk to them about anything without being judged and I'm able to unless they're judging in the sense of like Kylie you're hurting yourself or another person by doing Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing because there's one thing to be constructive obviously um so yeah, so I want to, I don't want to feel judged and I want to feel like I can laugh and joke and cry and be happy and be sad and do anything without fear of like a reaction. That's how I know that I have a good friend. Um, I also, I don't remember the exact quote, but I remember hearing somewhere and it's really stuck with me. The idea that like you should be okay with living a day in your shoes no, <laughs> that's not, that's not like <laughs> living a day in your friend's shoes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like you, you know, you have a good friend if like you would be willing to switch lives for them for a day and like would be proud and like happy with how mm-hmm. they live their life. Cause like, that's kind of a sign that they inspire you to like be a better person and like motivate you. Kind of like you said, like you don't want to always be like lazy and unmotivated and things like that if you are a motivated person. So finding people that like emulate those qualities that you either like about yourself or want to improve in yourself, I think is really important. And so at the same time, like I always want to be, like I said, I want to be the rock for my friends, but I also want them to be a rock for me. Like I want to be able to go to my friends when I'm really struggling with something. And I hope that my friends feel like they can come to me with the same thing. So I would say that if any of that is really missing, it's not necessarily a toxic friendship, but it's definitely a point where you need to like take a step back and figure out what you're getting out of that specific friendship and kind of why mm-hmm. why the relationship is there. And that goes into kind of what you said. Or is it only ever when they need something? Is it only to gossip? Like what's what's the deal? What's the situation? But yeah, and then another thing, that I think is important is when people make time for you, which if I'm being completely honest, this is a place where I can sometimes fault a lot. Um, and it's something that I try to improve on because I think I can just get myself so wound up in something that I don't even realize that I'm being a bad friend and like not answering text messages and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I am like very cognizant of the fact that I need to get better at that. But also, I don't know, it's one thing for your friend to be that 
be that way and then say like I'm trying to work on it like it's not me (laughs) you know ignoring you like I'm just caught up in something and it's another thing if like literally every time you try to hang out or do something or talk to them they have something else going on yeah don't answer and I think making time for your friends can be hard sometimes um so I definitely don't think it's worth beating yourself up for not being the quote-unquote perfect friend all the time and I definitely think like if you're not doing well it can be hard to remember to check on others and that's okay but it's you know, you hope that in those situations you have friends that are willing to check on you and that it's kind of their turn to be that person in the relationship. Um, And I have a friend, my big actually, my sorority, Dana, she's like so good at checking in on people. Like when, I don't know, you inevitably get busy with life and you don't even mean to be like distant, but you are because you're caught up with all these things. She's so good at like constantly not constantly, but like texting you and just making sure you're okay and like seeing if you have time to hang out. Like I think friends like that are so important. So I agree. It's like something I'm working on also. But ironically enough, like my little is just she's never on her phone. Like she just really lives in the moment. She's not a texter. You know, if you make plans with her, she'll totally show up and be there and be really fun. But like, she's just not the type to like constantly be checking in and chatting. And like, that's fine, too. You just kind of have to learn who your friends are in that way. Um, And understand that like people can't always be their full self for you, but that's when you're there for them. Yeah, exactly. And obviously getting to that point takes time, which is something that I didn't put in our notes. But now that I'm thinking of it, like you're not just going to automatically be like best friends in sync with someone that you meet, or at least it's very rare that that happens. Um, It takes some time and some willingness to get to know each other and recognize um, how that person is a friend does that make sense? Like, it's, yeah. it's like dating. It really is when you think about it. Where, like, you get to know no, the person. Is. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, like, do I, do we match up? Do I vibe with this person? Like, do I want to be a friend? And then all of a sudden, like, you guys are just in, in sync and it's good. But so yeah. if you're, like, meeting people and you're like, oh, my God, it's been two weeks and, like, I just don't have a best friend that, like, gets me, like, relax. It's going to take some time. But you'll get there and you'll find that group. It genuinely took me four years, like all of college, to leave and say, okay, these are my core people that I feel like I can go to with anything. Yeah, definitely. And if you're post-grad and you feel like you still don't have that, it's also not too late. Um, I feel like we're not really in a place to like give good advice on that topic yet because we just graduated. But definitely something we want to revisit in the future is like keeping friendships post-grad and like finding new friendships post-grad. Um, so that'll be an episode coming down the line, I'm sure. If one of those needs is not being met, I feel like it can be tough to make that take that step and you know move in the other direction if you need to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I <laughs> you said earlier that you shouldn't just drop them. I'm a little like uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, you shouldn't just like straight up like go up to someone and be like that's it, you're cut off, like, or, like, just stop responding to someone altogether or anything like that. I don't advise that. However, I do think that when you recognize that you have a friend that isn't necessarily fulfilling um, what you want out of a friendship, there comes, like, that point in time mentally where you're, like, okay, I think this is where I start to regress from this friendship Mm -hmm. a little bit and make myself a little less available to them. But yeah, and that also, that's normal. Like, you're not going to be friends with everyone that you meet. You're not going to be friends with everyone that you have class with, everyone that you work with, everyone that you live with. Like, that is just normal. Sometimes they're just not your cup of tea. Sometimes you're not their cup of tea. And it's for no reason other than it just doesn't work. You couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not anything to worry about that you're doing something wrong. Some people just don't don't vibe like that. And I, I wrote that. It doesn't always have to be this, like, big explosive ending either. Um, You know, you don't always have to, like, have this dramatic falling out with a friend for it to be over. I feel like as adults, we can be civil and, like, let something fizzle out and still very much respect them as a person. But, like, understand that it's mutually your time to go separate ways. Yes. And I feel like there's also some pressure to, like, hold on to a friend just because they've been a friend forever. Um, And I kind of want to talk about that really quick because I've definitely had some friends that were friends for like years and, you know, you go separate ways in life and you just don't have much to relate on anymore. And that doesn't mean that all those years were for nothing or, you know, that 
you just don't vibe at all anymore. I just think it can be difficult to find common ground and that's okay. It's okay to like distance yourself from them and maybe you'll revisit the friendship one day. Maybe you won't, but like I think that they were there and they taught you something at that stage in life. And I still look back at those friendships that fizzled out like fondly. Like I'm still glad that I had them. I still am, am glad. I still hope that they're doing well in their life, but I just recognize that like we just didn't have anything in common anymore. Um, and I still wish them, wish them the best. And I think that's like the mature adult thing that you can do in any friendship fizzling out situation. Yeah, for sure. And it even occurs on the flip side. Like I feel like our friendship has taught me, we have known each other, each other since we were like 12. And obviously mm-hmm. who we were when we were 12 is not who we are at 22 and isn't going to be who we are at 32 or anything like that. But we didn't become close until we were more adults and at least a little bit more like ourselves now than like Mm -hmm. ourselves at 12 so that's just kind of how it works sometimes sometimes someone that not that we ever like didn't like each other that's not one that's not the tea here folks (laughs) um but like we just weren't as close because we didn't have as much in common and then we grew up and we ended up having a bunch in common and now here we are so then the reverse can happen where you especially being 22 you're gonna have friends that you met when you were like 10 11 12 Mm -hmm. it's so normal to not be friends with someone anymore or to have that fizzle out with someone that you met when you were 10 when you're 22 because it's just it's almost unreasonable to assume that you guys are still going to have something in common I feel like it's way more rare for those friendships to actually last than it is for them to fizzle out eventually and I think like there are I can think of a couple of my friends that are in totally different life stages and I can still you know be there for them and be there for them at their big events and um just not always be talking day to day because our day-to-days are so different but like I still care about them and I want the best for them and there's just different different levels different strokes for different folks you know exactly and you just at the end of the day I think this whole episode wraps around like just trust your gut I feel like you just Mm -hmm. know when a friendship is serving you you know when a friendship is bad um, and just follow that because it, it's nine out of ten times it's always right. That doesn't make any totally. sense because nine out of ten times it's always right, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like that kind of wraps up this episode on friendship. It was a little bit of college, a little bit of roommates, a little bit of general life philosophy. So we mm-hmm. hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, If you did rate us on Apple Podcasts, we would love to read your five-star review in our next episode. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. Leave us a suggestion box. Comment anonymously if you're feeling so inclined. Yes. And we will see you guys, or you will hear from us, next Tuesday. Stay tuned, everyone. See you next week. Bye, guys.